Friday, yeah, getting ready for the weekend, and going to help you set your lineup for Fantasy Week 6, tell you which two-star pitchers to pick up, but we got a lot to talk about from Thursday, and a fun round of fill-in-the-blank is coming up. I'm Adam Azer, at Adam Azer on uh, Twitter, A-I-Z-E-R. I'm here with Scott White, at CBS Scott White, and at Heath Cummings Sr., Heath Cummings SR on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm, I could just DM you, or I could say it here, good morning, guys, and, and how are we today? Good morning. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm good. I'm trying to decide if any pitching is worth owning ever. <laughs> <laughs> what the standard exactly is for a mixed league caliber pitcher in fantasy, because whatever the standard is, it's pretty low. Right. It's you were just saying, low. Scott, who you're putting in your waiver wire column that, that you can read on CBSSports.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I actually wrote about the whole pitching situation last night that is already up on the site. And, uh, it was, it was kind of an, an impassioned, uh, column on the state of pitching right now in fantasy and what you should do as a result of it. I think, uh, I think we are seeing a huge dynamic shift. Really? Yeah. Alright, I gotta yeah. read this. I gotta read this while we're on the air. Heath. A huge dynamic shift. And yes. you know, under reactor Heath. I, I want, but I don't know what the huge dynamic shift is. I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, is this the Mia Culpa saying, Mia Culpa saying Chris Towers was right? Um, I think Chris Towers' approach worked for him. I think my approach worked for me. It's, it's. No, but what's it's, the, di- what's the shift? The shift is that, well, to sum it up, in, in people who play fantasy football, which most people do, I would assume, uh, can relate to this analogy. I feel like starting pitcher has become kind of like running back has become in fantasy football where the very few standouts are a dying breed. Um, you know, something that's completely fading from existence, the ability for pitchers to go six or seven innings consistently. And that makes them more valuable than ever as a result. And that makes everyone else at the position pretty much interchangeable and expendable and anytime you have a pitcher who hasn't ascended to that top group, you know, the the true aces, the Jake Arrieta, Justin Verlander types, anytime you have a pitcher who's doing something, who's, who's, who's stringing together uh, productive starts, but clearly hasn't ascended to that group, you should trade him away for whatever you can get because it's not going to last and somebody new like that is going to emerge off the waiver wire. The only pitchers really worth prioritizing are the aces and you want as many of them as you can get and you don't really care about pitchers otherwise so you're so saying we, a guy like Ivan Nova for example who I know he took a little bit of a step back yesterday but it wasn't that bad it was four runs in six innings I think you're saying a guy like him is just sort of uh, someone you should trade and expect the next Ivan Nova to come up and be in your on your lineup at some point that's kind of what I'm saying yeah use him and lose him I Ivan Nova might be on the higher end of that group he might be a I'd be a little more hesitant to give him away, but somebody like Irvin Santana or oh, cool. um, wait, or let me read this Andrew email. Triggs. Let me we read got this. a longer history though of Santana being good than Nova, don't we? Let me read yeah, this email here. Uh, it, Nova's doing something no pitcher does, which is like walk. No, he has more complete games than walks since joining the Pirates, and and it's really innings that are what are at a premium right now for starting pitchers, kind of like carries 
for running backs in fantasy football. I guess you guys can't hear me that well today. So Mark in Maple Grove, <laughs> Minnesota says, uh, let's review Irvin Santana, 5 and 0, 0.66 ERA, 0. 0.70 whip. And, uh, who does that? Not Bob Gibson in 1968, not Gator in 1978. And his ERA over his last 24 starts is 193. So, uh, Mark is, is making fun of you guys for I'm, don't, I mean, no, so, I guess, and I, I can't imagine I will be there because I think I know how this is going to play out. He's going to have a <laughs> mid three ZRA, maybe a low three ZRA in a best case scenario, uh, but obviously you've gotten the best you're going to get from him to this point. I'm, I'm going to buy in a little more than what Scott just did and not because, like, I, I think Scott's reasoning is right. It's just that he is a fifth of the way through his season now with a 0.66 ZRA. There's a, there's a, a non-zero chance. He's got a sub three ERA. I think that, that that's the best case scenario, and I would expect he's going to have a three-two with three and a quarter ERA at the worst. So, Heath, I, what do you think? Is the uh, starting pitcher landscape changing as much worse? as Scott thinks? Um, no, I I don't like. I I agree with what Scott's saying. I was thinking earlier, like. Does this mean that you should have taken Kershaw in the first round and Sale or Scherzer in the second? But that's just selective reasoning because what if you'd taken Kershaw in the first and Bumgarner in the second? Well, here's, here's kind of, the here's, I was actually thinking about that this morning after I had already written that piece. Maybe if there's a long-term application to this. And, and you know, obviously we have to see the way this full season plays out, but I, I kind of envision a strategy, a viable strategy that I wouldn't have entertained in the past going forward where, okay, my first round pick, I'll go ahead and spend it on a hitter because those hitters are, you know, stand out by so much from the rest. But then second, third, fourth, fifth round, I might go all pitchers and just... That would have put you in a bad spot this year. It No, not... No, if you... if you Because you, if you lost Bumgarner, you'd have four other aces and there's such a small... Uh, number of them to begin with that you'd still have a huge advantage in that area over your competition, even if one went down. Like the, the fact that some of this very select group of pitchers is getting hurt only adds to the need to have a higher number of them. It doesn't mean, mm. Oh, just forget it. Like, I, I mean, you can probably win just forgetting it. There's probably a strategy right. that works there, but I don't think it's the strategy that works for me. That, that, I guess that's the reason that I don't think it's changed is because both sides of this debate can take what's happened so far as proof that they were right. Like, I, I don't I don't you, even care about that. Like no, I, I don't no, have to be I, right or wrong. No, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm saying as proof that like what they thought previously is the way to do it. Because yeah. like, you can very easily say, see, I told you you shouldn't use early round picks on pitchers because so many of them get hurt. You can also say, see – with these pitchers getting hurt, there's even fewer good pitchers. You need to have them. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to come up with the strategy specifically that's the lowest risk and the lowest maintenance. And I feel like that is. I think those are two different things. Um, the best combination of the two. Well, I think the other half of this equation is how interchangeable the hitters are, you know, where you're drafting. So like, Last week I said if I were drafting again I would prioritize pitchers more. And since then, Cindergard's out three roughly three months. Hamels is out roughly two months. Kluber's on the DL. Stroman says he's gonna make his next start. 
but I looked, I felt like I looked stupid for saying that, but I actually really like what Scott just said. The fact that these guys got injured means that you have to have more of them. I, I agree with that. I know Chris would disagree. I, I think Heath has given us both viewpoints, which I also like and appreciate. I would agree with you, Scott. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm re, you know, reading your column now, just sort of perused it. I don't know that I'm not reading quite, it very carefully. I couldn't, you know, I, I, I don't know <laughs> that I could, uh, that I go quite as far as you, but I do agree. And I think I want more aces, even though I know how injury prone they are. I'm going to try to do my best to pick the ones that I think are less injury prone. Like I avoided Noah Syndergaard and I don't mm. really consider I Bumgarner was just bad luck. Let's, let's face it here. It fell off. His- Ham- Hamels too. Hamels has been over 30 starts for like eight straight years. Yeah. Yeah, right, and, and 200 innings, right, every year. So, um, but but I mean, with with Bumgarner was not even a baseball injury. That's what I meant. Well, uh, and and you so know, I agree. Kind of I agree. To look look at the other side that you were saying with hitting. I mean, we've we've talked before. I think we we can really clearly identify one breakout starting pitcher, one who's graduated to that high tier this year, and that's James Paxton, Severino, Luis Severino, showing some signs. Uh, you know. Robbie Ray and Michael Pineda haven't completely collapsed yet, but there still seems to be some danger, uh, some danger there with the two of them. It's really just Paxton and maybe Severino. And you look at the other end hitters who were scarcely drafted or not drafted at all, and you have Judge and Conforto and Zimmerman and Thames, and like the list goes on and on. So, like if you were just aggressive on the waiver wire with hitters, like, you didn't need to necessarily even. You could have a great lineup without necessarily drafting a great lineup, which just seems like a complete change from where we were in Fantasy five yeah. plus years ago. It could also be that we're making a lot of proclamations based on five weeks of baseball. Could be. It's it's been an ongoing trend though. I, I actually put a table in the column, uh, you know, the idea if a, if a pitcher averages six innings over thirty two starts, he has to he ends up with hundred and ninety two innings during the season. And you look at the breakdown of pitchers who've pitched at least 192 innings year by year and it's like you know 2012 13 and 14 it was about 50 in each of them the last two years it's dropped to 35 and then 27 so they're they are they are a dying breed well to wrap this up and to make this fantasy relevant now because obviously nobody's drafting again this year uh, i i have said it many times and i'm still okay with it even with the injury risk i'm still okay with it overpaying you know, at least what's perceived to be overpaying in a trade to get pitching. And that, and that's why my Garrett Cole for Robinson Cano trade that I made that I would have to take 10 times out of 10 still doesn't feel like a total win for me just because of how, how tough it is for me to feel good about getting five starting pitchers in my lineup. But I am okay overpaying with a hitter to get a pitcher now. And I think fantasy owners should be as well, es- especially in shallower leagues. When I don't disagree. I think Cole, I may not have the same level of confidence for that pitcher specifically that you do, but I, I get the concept of what you're saying, and I, I pretty much agree with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't really agree, and I think you know why, but uh, <laughs> that's okay, too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, our email address is fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I did not allot 11 minutes for this debate, so I'm going to ask you guys— <laughs> To which is great. It was good stuff. Off the cuff, yes. Let's uh, go a little bit faster than we usually do, so we can get to the two star pitchers and read some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I also want to encourage people to please give us a five star rating, leave us a comment. 
I know we are an established podcast, but we still would appreciate it. It would be really helpful. And um, hopefully you've been enjoying what you've been hearing. So go ahead and leave us a comment uh, in iTunes or wherever, and a five-star rating would be really appreciated. Thank you. Uh, hey, real quick, who would you rather add, Marwin Gonzalez or Tim Beckham? Marwin. I would rather have Marwin, too. Gonzalez, 28% owned. He has uh, six homers in his last six games and a homer in four straight. Beckham is 19% owned in his last 17 games. Tim Beckham is batting 338, with also six home runs like Gonzalez has in, in six games. Um, but four walks, 21 strikeouts. Yeah, you terrible. Yeah, you say you'd rather have Gonzalez than Beckham. They're both middle infield eligible. Gonzalez is not shortstop eligible, but Beckham is. Um, and Marwin, actually, Marwin is currently first base outfield and third base, so triple eligible. But he's also he started, mi- he's also middle infield eligible. Yeah, and he's he's started games in second base, so he's going to get more. He's going to become at least quadruple eligible. Not going to play every day, but he's showing enough power that I think I think he's kind of what you probably draft Javier Baez, hoping you were getting. But he even said, I'm not a power hitter, Marvin Gonzalez. So he's been Double-digit home runs each of the last two years. But so. that's like 12 or 13, right? Yeah, yeah and, and less than full-time at-bats. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, how eager are you to be picking these guys up? Not. It would have to be like a large roster, like the standard Roto League. I could see having Marvin Gonzalez in as somebody you mix in from time to time. Didi Gregorius or Marvin Gonzalez? Didi. Didi. Oh, I feel like it takes a lot to get Heath to say Didi. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, let's do some fill in the blank. My favorite buy low candidate is blank. Matt Harvey, which probably isn't a surprise. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to acquire him wherever I can. And for all the negative talk around him right now, it, you know, the kind of offers people are rejecting from me, I feel like it's just a lot of hot air and most people. <laughs> Still put a high priority on Harvey. Or maybe it's an example of what we were just saying earlier with people uh, really being defensive of any pitching who they perceive to have legitimate upside. I'll say Rugnet Odor. Uh, he did hit a home run yesterday. So that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. Three hits in his last two games. There's just not any reason when you look at his peripherals to for him to have a batting average below 200 for his power to be down this much. His hard hit rate is actually up. He's hitting more balls in the air. If he has a 37% hard contact rate and a 50% fly ball rate this year, he's going to hit more home runs than he did in 2016. Okay, my favorite. So we get uh, by low Matt Harvey and Rudin Edador. My favorite sell high candidate is blank. Irvin Santana. <laughs> that was quick. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we kind of discussed it already. So yeah, I'll go with Dallas Keuchel and it's just because. Like, I've moved him up, and he's in my top 20 now, but I was talking the other day, somebody was trying to trade Thames, turn Thames and Danny Duffy into an ace, and I said, yeah, if you can go get a, a legitimate fantasy ace, I, I would do that. And he said, what about Dallas Keuchel? I, I would not do that. So if people are looking at Keuchel like a top eight starting pitcher, then I'm going to cash in on that. I feel like he... <laughs> I feel like maybe a week ago... When Syndergaard was healthy and well, not and Kluber, would you take Kluber or or, or Keuchel right now? I would Kluber. take Kluber. Yep. It seems like a short term thing. All right, Mr. Strikeout. All right, uh, my favorite buy high, buy high. Heath, I'll start with you. Favorite buy high. Uh, I'll go with the. This is Heath admitting he was wrong in the offseason. I'm going to say Jose Ramirez. 
He is just his peripherals look so much better than they did with what he did last year. And I'm I'm totally buying in. He's a, a top top eight second baseman. Okay. Scott, favorite buy high. I put down James Paxton because uh, I suspect there may be some of his owners out there who are less than 100% sure, given that he hasn't been an ace until now. Um, but he, he might be the one ace-level trustworthy pitcher who you don't have to overpay for. Although, based on what Heath just said about Dallas Keuchel, I could have just as easily put Keuchel here, probably. Yeah, yeah, I would buy high on Keuchel. Uh, okay, Pax and Jose Ramirez, these are buy high guys. Fill in the blank. Jal- jelly, jam, or preserves? I'm not totally clear what the difference is. Yeah. Um, I don't, I like them all. I, I don't need, well, preserves are the one that have the actual fruit in them, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Oh. You're, you're, you're sitting there, you're at the grocery store, you're looking at all three, what are you gonna get? Probably jam. Same. It's easiest to spread, right? I go jam, yeah. Uh, it, preserves, I mean, you kinda get, sometimes it's kinda nice having the fruit in there, sometimes it's kinda unappetizing cause it's all mushy and like... <laughs> okay, you, you put, you put this in two different ways, so I'm gonna answer the question two different ways. If I am getting ready to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, yeah. I want the preserves, cause I want the fruit in there. If I'm at the store, I've got three kids, two of them are teenagers, and a grocery budget that is outrageous. I'm probably buying the jelly because I can just get it in a little squeezable bottle and it's like a dollar fifty and move on. Very <laughs> thorough. Thank you. All right, back to fantasy baseball. I'm about ready to drop blank. I'm about ready to drop um Oh, I'm ready. Eduardo Nunez. Really? I I am very concerned that everybody gets healthy in San Francisco and Eduardo Nunez is not a full-time player. He has seven stolen bases on the year. That's great. His last stolen base was April 25th. He's got one since April 21st and two since April 11th. I, so, so who was that you said? Eduardo Nunez. Okay. I he's He has started hitting the ball a little bit here recently, but I I'm not particularly encouraged. Just no pop at all. Not even a top twenty shortstop, Eduardo Nunez. Um, would you? Who do you rank ahead, Chris Owings or, or Nunez? Rest of season. Owings pretty easily. Oh, okay. Uh, would you uh, rather have Hernan Perez or Eduardo Nunez? Perez barely. If if Ryan Braun goes on the DL, Perez becomes a lot more interesting. Uh, that might guarantee him everyday at bats. Or are they going to call up Lewis Brinson? I don't think they'd call up Brinson, but you know. I didn't, I didn't think the Dodgers were going to call up Cody Bellinger either. We get another month until they call up Brinson, right? Presumably. All right, Scott, um, who are you ready to drop? Well, I the first name that came to mind was Jose Peraza, because I actually have dropped him in a points league. I don't think I could drop him in a roto league. I mean, just too much steals potential there and too much of a need for steals. It might be actually the same kind of situation for... like It may be the same deal as Eduardo Nunez for me. So I'm going to go with... Another pitcher here, I'm going to go with Taiwan Walker, who has very little to hang his hat on this year and has seemed to revert back to the habits that made him not so special in Seattle, as in not a varied enough pitch arsenal. All right, Blank is under-owned. Blank is under-owned. If you need some time, I can give you a few names. I don't need some time. 
I did my homework this time. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is still just 83% owned. That's pretty owned. It's May. He's a top three or four shortstop. He should be owned everywhere. He's not, okay. not, not shortstop. Second to baseman. Second okay. baseman. He, and I, like, listen, he's got a 422 BABIP. That's not going to continue, but he's got a 358 career BABIP. It's not going to fall that much. And he's just, doing exactly what I hoped he would do. Yes, we talked about early in the season those four home runs weren't sustainable. He hasn't hit one since, and it hasn't really mattered. He's got 25 runs because he's getting on base at a 380 clip. I don't... He's going to score 100 runs. He's going to hit 300. He's going to steal 20 bases. Striking out at like 175 strikeout pace, though. That's coming down. It's kind of like the Steven Souza thing. He was at 27% earlier. Now it's down to 23%. He's a career 19% guy. I don't know why we would expect that these 124 plate appearances really changes that. Well, why would you expect the Babbitt he has to? Well, he, I just, didn't I start by saying okay. he has a 420? Right, it's the exact right. thing I just said. All right. Sorry. I wasn't listening, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Adam. Scott's thinking about pitchers. <sighs> Who, I, well, who's under owned? Derek, Derek Holland is probably under owned. I don't know that he's the most underowned player because, look, he's he's one of those use him and lose him guys, but he's clearly on the use him end of that right now, having yet to allow more than two earned runs in a start, and he's less than fifty percent owned. So, uh, and and he has actually a history of being a fantasy asset. Um, Derek Holland. Yeah, just from his time, you know, before all the injuries came up with the Rangers, he was a two hundred inning pitcher. Mid three ZRA, unimpressive strikeout rate, but the hole was greater than the sum, and I think we're seeing him get back to that this year. All right, so Heath says Cesar Hernandez should be owned in more than eighty three percent of leagues. Scott says Derek Holland. You can read about it, Holland in the waiver wire. Uh, I also picked up Matt Andrees after last night's start. He's got two starts next week. One of them's against the Royals. The other one's at Boston. Two bad lineups, as it turns out, but one one is you know not bad, and that'd be Boston. But right now they're struggling. Um, I had three other guys that I thought might be under-owned. There are many, but uh, three that from yesterday. Santiago Casilla is 35% owned. I think he's going to get most, very close to all. Uh, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but the vast no. majority of, of No, saves, I think you're right. Yeah, I, it, Pretty it, close it. to all, I think, is accurate. It, it it always reverts to this, and now that Sean Doolittle's on the DL, yeah. I don't know why it wouldn't be Casilla. But no, I wouldn't drop Kelvin Herrera for him, even though Herrera has uh, three saves this year. Um, I think Byron Buxton at 48% might be under-owned. Might be. I think you've got to take that chance because we know how high the upside is. And Kenny Keon Buxton kind of on the same oh, yeah. level there. He's less than 60% owned and is hot. Yeah, he's in the notes later, too, with our streaking hitters. With We're going streaking! Keon Broxton is batting 371 in his last 11 games. With four walks, 12 strikeouts, but four doubles and uh, three homers. No, one homer, sorry. Is that right? Only one homer? I don't Two. know. Two. He had Two? his second yesterday. Okay. Okay, there we go. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Kenny Vargas. Kenny Vargas is like 16% owned. Under-owned? Not yet, but if he starts to play more consistently, yes. I think he was under-owned two days ago when he was 5%, but he's... Come up to 16, that's probably good for him right now. All right, the next couple of fill-in-the-blanks are fun and interesting. Here we go. The other ones have been boring and terrible. Um, <laughs> Bryce Harper leads baseball in steals. And no, in walks. In walks. Blank is second. In walks. 
Second and walks. Brad Miller. How did you get that? Uh, I couldn't believe that. Brad yeah. Miller has 25 Kill walks. It. We were just talking about this yesterday. Oh, and I. okay. It's actually, Scott brought this back to my attention, and then I yeah. <laughs> recalled it quicker. I couldn't yeah. believe it. He's and and he's number sixteen he's ha- uh, second baseman in points leagues. He stinks. He, he uh, well, he hasn't hit any home runs. He has technically hit one, like one or two, but one batting two hundred four. <laughs> not near what you expected based on what he did last year. It's pretty close to what um, I expected. <laughs> this is halfway to his career high in walks. It's. It's weird. We've seen so many different versions of Brad Miller over the years, and this seems like a another one. He's he's like on base machine Brad Miller now. I don't know. I I think because he's shortstop eligible, he's probably going to wind up being a useful fantasy player in the end. But I don't know how he's going to uh, wind up there. Would you rather have Brad Miller or Marwin Gonzalez? Brad Miller. Yeah, we've seen probably. Bad Miller. We've seen Rad Miller, and now we've got. Brad Miller, but we'd have to spell it with two B's. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Brad Miller. Yeah, but Brad like Miller. It. There you go. Um, Billy Hamilton leads baseball in steals. Blank is second. Is it Gerard Dyson? No. No, sorry, Royal. Well, he's got nine. Nah. How many does this guy have? Uh, Eleven. A.J. Pollock. A.J. Pollock. Who is, it looks like he's just replicating his 2015 season when he hit uh, 20 home runs with 39 steals and batted 315. Uh, is that, is it fair? Is AJ Pollock back to being that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's very good. At least until the humidor goes in. Yeah, but I mean, but at least, okay, and you know what? <laughs> you say that, and um, I wanted to give some Jake Lamb numbers. Jake Lamb, just so you know, on the road so far, entering yesterday, he homered yesterday, he had a 991 OPS on the road. Uh, now it's even higher than that at 200 points higher than his home OPS. But last year in a much bigger sample size, 746 road OPS, 934 home OPS for Jake Lamb. That's why Heath and I have been trying to trade him. But I mean, it is worth it. Like he is good. He is good. Yes. I'm not trying to say he's bad. I, I, he's a borderline top 12 third baseman. And we had an email. Uh, if I can find who it was from, I know the gist of it. The gist was the gist of it was should I sell high on Paul Goldschmidt because of the humidor? I don't think so. And uh, that was from oh, that was from uh, Dan and Lincoln, who says, "Dear hot dog, Euro, and quesadilla sandwiches, not sandwiches. That's specifically <laughs> not sandwiches. Those are all sandwiches." <laughs> All right, so don't you don't have to sell high on Goldschmidt. He's so good, and and home runs don't make him. Like last year, I, he hit what twenty six home runs or something, and he was one of the best hitters in fantasy. Yeah, I feel like AJ Pollock is such a good hitter that you don't need to worry about it so much with him either. Th- those are the only two Diamondbacks hitters that I'm confident saying that about, though. I yeah, I I don't think I'd worry as much about it with Owings. I, Lamb and Tomas would be the two I'm most concerned about. Okay. Okay, uh, Goldschmidt, by the way, hit 24 home runs last year. I gave him too many. So uh, we have a couple of other podcasts that are new, that are great, that you should listen to. If you like WWE, if you like MMA, if you like HTML, no, uh, if you like uh, boxing, I was just giving initials there. It's called In This Corner with Brian Campbell. It is terrific, and you will like, you will love it. In This Corner with Brian Campbell. And we've got a new golf podcast that's Probably the most fun golf podcast you're going to find. Chip Patterson and Kyle Porter. Uh, it's called First Cut with Kyle Porter, who's our golf writer, and you will enjoy that one. So 
So give that a shot. We'll talk about prospects in just a second. But look, we have some very smart listeners, very smart. And I'll tell you how I know, because I've been getting more and more tweets and emails asking me about Indochino, asking me for the promo code, which is FBT, by the way. That's promo code FBT at Indochino.com. And our listeners are saying, hey, Adam, I just got my Indochino suit, and I love that. That's great. Every guy needs an Indochino suit. Look, if you don't have a custom, made-to-measure suit that you've designed yourself, that fits you perfectly, that makes you look and feel great, you're missing out. And you can save hundreds of dollars, hundreds, on one of these suits. Here's what you do. You go to Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, or visit a showroom. Pick your fabric. Choose your customiz- customizations, lapels, pleats, collar, lining, monogram. Submit your measurements. Get any premium Indochino suit for just $379, a great value at Indochino.com when you enter the code FBT at checkout. That's 50% off for a made-to-measure premium suit with free shipping. Indochino.com promo code is FBT for any premium suit for $379 and free shipping. Promo code FBT. All right, news and notes. Hey, what's going on with outfielders? Just like starting pitchers. Bryce Harper left with a groin injury. He's day-to-day. Ryan Braun not making progress. Could very well end up on the DL with a trap injury. And Mike Trout is day-to-day with hamstring tightness. It looks like Harper and Trout are really okay. Uh, but but the Cardinals, Dexter Fowler and Steven Piscotty both left. Fowler's going to have a shoulder MRI. Piscotty left with a hamstring injury. Very, It's very possible that both... Piscotty and Fowler end up on the DL? I think they've already ruled Piscotty out for the weekend. He's not making the trip to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Well, you see the weather last night? Who would want to go to Atlanta right now? Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Martin, Jose Martinez? Yeah, I, I actually thought about putting him in waiver wire, but there's also Matt Adams there. And it could wind up a platoon. Or, or maybe they are able to play both if Fowler is out for an extended period. As well, Gritchick could obviously move to center field. That's primarily what he played last year. Tommy Pham is on his way up from the minors, so he could factor into that mix as well. I don't think there's a clear enough front runner here for me to make a move for anyone except in NL-only leagues. Martinez was the spring training superstar who did pretty well as a pinch hitter, but looking at the game logs, hasn't been very good lately. I think he only has one home run this year. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez left with a calf cramp. He's being called day-to-day. So between Bryce Harper and Carlos Gonzalez... You've got two extremely injury-prone players who apparently just suffered minor injuries and should be fine. But you never know. You never know. Gary Sanchez expected to come off the DL today. Byron Buxton, he left after running into the outfield wall but does not have a concussion. If you've been wondering, hey, why aren't they using Sean Kelly? He's been sick. He's still their closer, but he's been sick lately, Sean Kelly. Um, Arizona Chris Towers. Like Chris Towers of the Nationals' bullpen. You're right. Um, Arizona starting pitcher Braden Shipley, except uh, Sean Kelly hasn't been tweeting me about how wrong I am about starting pitching. Uh, <laughs> Braden Shipley was bad, so if you think Archie Bradley's got a chance to make the rotation, that certainly was a good development for him. Stephen Wright will have season-ending knee surgery. Meanwhile, David Price had a good rehab, or uh, not rehab outing, a simulated game yesterday. He threw 93 to 95, so they're encouraged there. Uh, other stuff. Uh, Mets, Braves postponed. None of the stats counted. Terry Collins seems concerned about Travis Darno's wrist. Rich Hill had a terrible rehab outing. He didn't even pitch a full inning. Wilson Ramos has been cleared for limited catching duties as he recovers from a torn ACL. Todd Frazier was scratched with back tightness. 
Detroit does not think Ian Kinsler is going to be out long. Marcus Stroman says he'll make his next start. And grade the hamstring strain for Ian Kennedy. It's a grade one hamstring strain. We give it a one. But, you know, that sucked too. Another pitcher who got hurt, Ian Kennedy. And he had a bad start. All right, uh, what do we need to know with prospects, Scott White? Who are the ones that are coming up soon? Who do we need to stash? I don't think anybody's coming up soon. I actually put Joe Ross in uh, the top five to stash just because, like, he's a true minor leaguer now. I obviously understand it's a not a, what you traditionally think of as a prospect. Have some um, integrity, Scott. Joe Ross, <laughs> prospect. Well, the same was true for Julio Urias, and I kept putting him in there. But anyway. Uh, yeah, that's, and that's, that's largely because he's still probably one of the closest to getting called up just because none of the really high end prospects seem like, uh, there's any buzz around them getting a promotion anytime soon. But Yohan Moncada is still high on that list. Lewis Brinson, Franklin Barreto, and, uh, Jose Barrios. Same five as last week are the same five I am looking to stash this week if I'm looking to stash anybody. Though, Ahmed Rosario of the Mets is quickly, mm-hmm. quickly, uh, entering that discussion. He's batting about 400 at AAA. If Jose Reyes hadn't turned things around in the last week or two, we might start hearing that buzz about Rosario now. But, yeah. As Rubel Cabrera's in the last year of his contract and not off to a great start, Neil Walker's injury prone. Ahmed Rosario is a Franklin, uh, Francisco Lindor type prospect. And, uh, deserves to be on the radar. They had moved him to third base. I remember about a month ago, maybe, uh, reading that the Mets moved Rosario to third base, speculating that he was gonna get called up and replace Reyes. It obviously has not happened. I don't know how much third base he's been playing. I don't know if you know, but, uh. It's, uh, it, it was only one game. It was only one game? Okay. Yeah. Alright. And he's so good defensively, like, his, his future's clearly at shortstop. Okay. So, you know, keep an eye on Ahmed Rosario. Um, Amato had a prospect question. Who do you think will be the first shortstop to get called up and provide value this year? Rosario, Barreto, Gliber Torres, and Ozzy Albies. Who's just second base on our site? Albies. But, um, Barreto would still be my guess, obviously. He was in my top five to stash and Rosario wasn't. I don't really see Gliber Torres coming up this year, except maybe very late. He is killing it at double A though, and in the discussion, probably to be the number one prospect overall next year. So let's talk about some streaking hitters. Then we'll get out the dropometer and we'll look at two start pitchers and, and more from yesterday as well. Uh, I do want to talk about Ivan Nova if we have time. Joke uh, Jarrell Cotton, Jarrell Cotton, and let's go streaking. Nelson Cruz is on a 13-game hitting streak right now. And in that 13-game hitting streak, Cruz is batting 458 with five homers, 19 RBIs, and five doubles. Uh, Jose Abreu has turned things around in his last 10 games. He's batting 400 with four home runs and three doubles. Anything to say about Cruz or Abreu? No, not really. I mean, Jose Abreu, I'm still on the fence about just how valuable he is, but he's must-own and looking like must-start right now. All right, we talked about Keon Broxton. He's 52% owned. He's been good lately. Marwin Gonzalez, Tim Beckham. Uh, would you rather own Broxton or Buxton? I think right now I would rather own Broxton. And he's like, I feel like he got to a point where he's just about playing for his job, and it's a good thing that he kind of caught fire when he did. He's still, like we've talked a lot about Byron Buxton's strikeout problems. 
Broxton struck out 36% of the time last year, and he's at about 39% this year. So he's got to get that under control quickly, but I I still have, I mean, at least he plays half his games at Miller Park. <laughs> Margot or, or Broxton? I think mm. I'm still, I, I, I'm, I'm still feeling pretty good about Margot. Obviously, it's been kind of cold since those first couple weeks, but I just like the, the peripherals for, for him more. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a safer bet. I feel like there's a, there's a lot more upside with Broxton. Alrighty. Um, Colton Wong. Colton Wong, 22% owned. Three for four with a double. An RBI, a run, and a steal yesterday. He's now batting 303. How about this stat? Because we know Wong, you know, struggles against lefties. The Cardinals have faced 16 consecutive right-handed pitching starters. Mm-hmm. Right-handed starters. That's probably so. It's not even that. clear Wong's an everyday player, even though he's been playing every day. But nine-game hitting streak, four sixty-seven, and he's crushing lefties this year. <laughs> Is he four twenty-nine average with, with, with ten the, at bats? What for what? Uh three for seven. One to one strikeout to walk ratio. He has five doubles during the nine-game hitting streak and two steals. I mean, he still has. He's still. Like, I could see him being a poor man's Jose Ramirez, the across-the-board skills there. Give him that kind of upside. So, if you need a second baseman as deep as it is, you probably don't, but maybe in deeper leagues. Yeah, now's a good time to to see if he's available. I sure. mean, his, his batted ball profile is still not great, so... In terms of, what, ground yeah, balls versus I, line He's got a hard contact rate below 28%. He's got a 57% ground ball rate. I don't know that he's ever going to be a guy who has a high hard contact rate. And, and Jose Ramirez isn't either, right? Well, this year he is. Okay. Well, yeah. he wasn't last year. He's, right. he's aiming to be what Jose Ramirez was last year. I, that's a, that is a tough needle to thread. <laughs> okay, then. And uh, Eduardo Escobar, 8% owned. Anybody care about him? He's... Got a 14-game hitting streak, Eduardo Escobar. No. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm in, he's my shortstop in Scott's Silly Dynasty League, so it's not silly. It's great. Wow. I have a silly team. Wow. So I'm excited about that, but no, I'm not adding him anywhere else. You should trade for Didi Gregorius, Bilo. Drop-o-meter, 0 to 10 <laughs> on the drop-o-meter. Uh, okay, so tell me how likely you are to drop this guy. 0 is no way, and 10 is, uh, I already dropped him. Thanks for asking. Ryan Healy. 70% owned. He homered yesterday, but he was 4 for 33 in his previous eight games. What is, I already dropped him, but he hit a home run yesterday, so I'm wondering if I shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's an 11. That's, that's an 11. Okay, I'll put an 11 on Healy. <laughs> he is, um, like, I didn't really understand where the the big power potential for Ryan Healy came from. But I kind of, I didn't, I wouldn't say I blindly bought into it, but I ended up with him on a couple of teams and it just, he looked dreadful for a while. That home run yesterday was encouraging. I, I just don't know, I don't know that there's enough there. Well, it's really only home runs that he's providing. Well, he's given us four. Yeah. He he gives you like, he gives you one every time you want to drop him. Healy has a game where it's like, oh, should I? He waited a little bit too long for me. So that's why I'm (laughs) not really. His minor league numbers made him out to be more like a Billy Butler type hitter. Right. But, um, but whatever. I mean, I don't care to own him in a head to head league, but in a roto league with the roster sizes being big, I don't know that there'll be anything better out there. So I'll call that an eight. Okay. 
next up on the dropometer is Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras, 98% owned. Not only is he not playing well, he's playing about three out of every five games. Wilson Contreras. <laughs> Still like a zero for me. I mean, how are you going to find an upgraded catcher from Wilson Ramirez? If he, if he gets hot, it'll he'll play more than every three every five games. Yeah, I can't like if if there were other catchers that were not terrible, sure, but zero. And we, uh, Heath did pick up Wilson, or excuse me, Miguel Montero, who's been very good, but really hasn't been good for like five years. Right. No, I I picked him up in two a two-catcher catcher league where I lost Wellington Castillo, and right. I don't think he's a bad guy to have as a second catcher. I mean, he's not a good one, but whatever. <laughs> Drop-o-meter for Kevin Kiermeyer, who's 69% owned. I almost put him on my guys I'm starting to think about dropping list. I mm-hmm. don't know exactly what's wrong with him, but it's been a dreadful start to the year. Well, he's 69% owned, so I don't know that it'd be crazy for you to think about dropping him. Like, it's another one of those situation five outfielder roto leagues. It, it might be hard to swing, but I'm not so protective of him that, like, if I like something on waivers, oh, I can't drop Kiermaier. I'll, I'll go with eight for him, too. He, he does have some similarities to Cesar Hernandez in that, like, one of the only things right now. He was an 18% strikeout guy for two years in a row, and for some reason this year he's striking out 26% of the time. I don't know that I'd necessarily expect that to continue, but the little power bump we saw in 2016 hasn't continued, and we thought he can't be a, that low of a BABIP guy, and he is once again. So Kiermaier. it's hard to be encouraged by Kiermaier. And it's just like, if you're in a three-outfielder league especially, I just dropped Corey Dickerson. For yeah, I mean this is unbelievable to me. I dropped Corey Dickerson for Matt Andrees, and that is going back to what Scott said. Like it's just the state of fantasy baseball right now. Is I can find a Corey Dickerson, so I don't need a Kevin Kiermaier now in a deeper league. You know, you're just the steal. He's still stealing some bases. He's not this bad of a hitter. Uh, you know, so I understand hanging on to Kiermaier. But if you're in a league with any anything on the waiver wire, I don't know why you'd have to hang on to him. And you can stream two star pitchers, which might be more valuable to you. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, no. It, it, format makes such Seven. a big difference with this exercise. <laughs> uh, Mark Reynolds started against the righty and newsflash last year and so far this year, he's better against righties, but we know there's a bit of a log jam. So Mark Reynolds on the, uh, on the dropometer. Um, 10 in a standard points league and three in a roto league. I don't think with the news that David Dahl's a ways away, I don't think Reynolds is going to lose a ton of playing time. I'll go 10 and 6. He'll, he'll lose some playing time, and I still don't... Like, his fly ball percentage is down this year after already falling quite a bit last year and disappointing us all with the home run total. So I don't think he can sustain his current pace. Great. Good stuff. That's a drop a meter. Let's go to some guys you might want to add. Anybody interested in Seth Smith or Ben Gamble? I put in a claim for Gamble in a 24-team league. A, he wasn't already owned in a 24-team league, and B, it had it took a 24-team league for me to put in a claim for him. But as Seth Smith was owned in that league. Like yeah. you're, you're still more interested in Seth Smith than you are Ben Gamble. No, because Gamble plays every day. Until Hanegar right comes now. back. Yeah, yeah I, it's a, that's a short-term thing, though. Yeah. I, I Seth Smith, I, who cares? He doesn't play enough. He has, like... He has less than 50 at bats so far. Oh, he was injured, though. He has 
two at bats against a left-hander, I think. So yeah, he doesn't. Not going to be many at bats. Yeah, you're not adding Seth Smith in a points league at all. He leads. He leads off for of the Orioles. Seth Smith. He's having a great year. At least his slash line: two eighty six, two eighty six, three ninety seven, five ten is his slash line. But he's not this good. Uh, so you know, the last time I said, "Who cares? He's never going to play against lefties." You know who it was about? Eric Thames. Yeah. <laughs> no, but then Seth Smith has a track record, Scott. I'll, but I'll back but you up like, this. no, he's not this good. <laughs> but he. Like, he's been relatively decent in Seattle's yeah, years, and he's in a much better right. park. He's, he's always been a pretty good OBP guy, but just not with enough power to... And, and the power is going to be helped by the fact he's playing at Camden or Yards. Or bats. All right, he's Seth playing Smith. Colorado. Well, that was half a decade ago. <laughs> Seth Smith's uh, average... I hate saying Seth Smith's name, and he sells seashells by the seashore. Uh, his average... OPS in five seasons since playing in Colorado is 765 for what that's worth. Uh, Ivan Nova had an interesting, well, he had a, you know, pretty bad start. Six innings, ten hits, four runs, no walks, five strikeouts. Most of the damage coming in one inning. But right now he's got a 213 ERA. He had a 306 ERA with Pittsburgh last year. Not, he's still a, you know, a big time strike thrower. He has one walk in 42 innings, but not throwing as many strikes as he did last year with the Pirates. Uh, he had a 224 BABIP entering yesterday's start. It was 309 with Pittsburgh last year. I had said after the complete game shutout, I think that he was a. I think it was after. I hope it wasn't before that he was a sell high candidate, just because there are so many balls in play, and I think their defense stinks. Chris pointed out that their infield defense was good last year. I don't know how it is this year, um, but their outfield defense is an embarrassment. And I don't know. Like at one point, I on one hand I do think Nova's a sell high, and the other hand I feel like he. He's going to throw a lot of innings, and he pitches for Ray Searage and should be pretty solid. So what do you think? I've got him right in the same range as Irvin Santana. Ooh, really? Interesting. Nova and Santana. Okay. I'd rather have Nova, but, yeah, I I hear you. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of fringy starting pitchers who pitched yesterday. You tell me long-term who you'd be interested in picking up, and then we will look at two-star pitchers for Fantasy Week 6. Adam Wainwright. Chase Anderson, Jarrell Cotton, Derek Holland, Joe Musgrove, Matt Andrees, Ariel Miranda, A.J. Griffin, Zach Eflin Efron, Kyle Freebird Freeland. Uh, Cotton and Wainwright for me. Cotton, I think if we're thinking long term, he's the one with the best chance of becoming a... Uh, you know, somebody you want on your roster all season long, but I think there's... So few pitchers that are actually going to do that that I think I'd rather own Derek Holland right now just for the short-term payoff and the potential to turn him into trade bait very soon. It looks like Joaquin Benoit was being used as the setup man. He gave up a run, but they did not use Hector Neris yesterday. I think they were waiting for a save chance, and they lost in 13 innings at the Cubs. So if you own Neris, that was a good thing to see. Any hitting advice for Fantasy Week 6? Let's move on to the pitchers. All right, I would just say, like, I was ready to drop Jason Hayward, and the Cubs have three games at Colorado. And it's not because I hate Jason Hayward, but it's because, like, I, you know, the reason I dropped Corey Dickerson is three outfielder yeah. league. I need a two-star pitcher. I think, uh, cause you know, I'm Mr. Philly with all the Phillies on my roster. They only have five games next week. That's they do. Going to make it difficult to start a lot of your borderline Phillies. Braves also have only five games next week. Though in the Braves' case, it's a lot of bad pitchers they're facing. So 
Well, and they're they're a little. I feel like they're a little bit more defined. Like you can't sit Freddie Freeman, you can't sit Matt Kemp. But and, yeah, Ender and Ciarte is probably the main right one who's going to be in and out of your lineup. I would lean well three lefties. I don't know what his exact splits are, but I'd probably lean towards sitting in in Ciarte. Yep. You th- call yourselves a Braves fan? Call yourself a Braves fan, and you can't name Ender and Ciarte's exact splits off the top of your head? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on, Scott White. Uh, you know Aaron Judges. Of course. Uh, what are they? Well, like, give me a stat. What do you want to know? What's he batting against left-handers? He, I'll just give you his OPS against lefties. It's, uh, 1148. Heath, am I right? I will say no. You are wrong. <laughs> do you know the answer? <laughs> no, but you're wrong. I'm probably wrong. Okay. Two star pitchers for fantasy week six. We've got Jake Arietta at Colorado and at St. Louis. Starter sit. Jake Arietta? Yeah, start. at Colorado and at St. Louis. Yeah, I'd still start him. Okay. I always ask if there's an at Colorado. Okay. Um All right, I'm taking Justin uh, not Justin Verlander. Facing Justin Verlander's Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, Detroit and Pittsburgh both at home. Must start. Yep. Okay. Ian Kennedy is supposed to be a two-star pitcher. You have to keep an eye on that one. We've got Drew Pomeranz at Milwaukee, home against Tampa Bay. You feel good about Pomeranz at Milwaukee, home against Tampa Bay? Yes. He's been better than I expected him to be this year, and I I like those matchups. At Milwaukee's dangerous, of course, but they strike out a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm starting him. He's He's the lowest guy on this list so far, but I'm starting him. Well, I don't know, Scott. We have him. Um, Team Scam has Julio Arias, and I'm just not sure. Pittsburgh and at Colorado. I think I'm sitting Julio Arias. Yeah, we did just lose Cole Hamels, so in that 16-team league, I don't know that we have many choices. But I would lean, in most cases, towards sitting Arias as well. Yeah, sit Arias down. <laughs> Do you trust Kendall Graveman against the Angels and at Texas? Yeah. No. To get the extra start in there, I'd do it. It's not my favorite by any means. Do you trust Jeff Samarja at the Mets and home against the Cincinnati Reds? Here's one I regret dropping. Hmm. I dropped him for Josh Bell in a couple leagues this weekend, and then, of course, he turns in his best start. I You'll feel better about it in a couple weeks. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't ex- expect him to become Mr. Reliable all of a sudden, but coming off that great start with two good matchups, yeah. I would rather start Samarja than Graveman. Me too. All right, let's talk about some guys you might be able to pick up. And by the way, let's say you're in a shallow league and you've got Samarja, Matt Moore, and Jared Eikhoff, all two-star pitchers. Shallow leagues, they're they're 80% to 84% owned. Samarja, Matt Moore, Jared Eikhoff, who would you pick up? Who does Eikhoff have? Seattle at home, Washington on the road. Terrible matchups, but I think I'd still choose him. Okay. Uh, We got Senzatella, two home starts against the Cubs and the Dodgers. Nope. Get him out of there. Are you going to drop Sensatella? He's 70 I never around. wanted him in the first place. He's a use him or lose him guy. It's time to lose him uh, already. He did a great job. 4.6 strikeouts per nine. Colorado Ivan Nova. But you did a great job, Heath, because uh, you said pick him up for this week at San Diego, and it, it worked out well. It worked out well. I'm not dropping him. No. I'm going to hold on to him and, and start him next week when he's on the road. Trade him. Trade him. <laughs> well, yeah, if you could get somebody to trade for him. But I, <laughs> he's technically top twenty so far. We got I'll Charlie. Put that, I'll put that in the notes. My trade offer. <laughs> Charlie Morton, home against Atlanta and at the Yankees. Well, yeah. let, let oh, me. Yeah, you get the Braves. Don't even worry about the second start. Let me uh, group some guys together. 
Charlie Morton against Atlanta and the Yankees at the Yankees. But at the Yankees, by the way, is pretty scary. Yep. Um, Alex Wood, Pittsburgh, and at Colorado, scarier than at the Yankees. Uh, Hisashi Iwakuma at Philadelphia and at Toronto. That's pretty interesting. And Hector Santiago at the White Sox and at Cleveland. We got Morton, that- Alex Wood, Iwakuma, and Santiago. <sighs> what were they, what were the names again? I'm sorry. Charlie Morton, Alex Wood, uh-huh. Iwakuma, uh-huh. Sant- Hector Santiago. Yeah, the only one I trust is, um, Morton. I think I'm okay with, I think I'd start Iwakuma against those matchups. He's been so bad. He's got a 338 ERA. Ten strikeouts. Oh wait, no, is that his last three? Yeah, it's his last three. How are you feeling as a Yankees fan right now? Cause they've gotten nothing from the hitters that we thought were their best two coming into the season, Gary Sanchez and Greg Bird. They've gotten not a Tanaka-like performance from Tanaka, and yet their record is amazing. I feel like they're going to miss the playoffs. They're in first place. I feel like they'll miss the playoffs, but I feel good. I mean, I'm pretty encouraged. 17 and 9. I feel like they're going to finish third in the division. We knew they were going to have an easy schedule uh, at the beginning of the season, and it is played out. But they haven't even gotten from their best players anything yet. They've got nothing. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Uh, I think they'll probably finish third too, but man, I could totally see it. I don't know that they're worse than the Orioles. I didn't I really could totally see them making the playoffs. I didn't look at that division as a three as I, I feel like I picked three teams coming out of the West or two in the central maybe to make the playoffs. I don't think I picked two coming out of the East. Uh but anyway, yeah, I think somebody wrote us an email. Do you sit players, your pitchers against the Yankees? For, there are some pitchers that you don't sit no matter where they are. Maybe Colorado, you know. But at against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, I think, is one of the toughest matchups in baseball right now. Yankees on the road, maybe a different story. Uh, other, like, at Boston, obviously used to be a, a like, almost must-sit, but they're just not hitting. Is at Boston a must-sit for you guys? No. No, it's not a must-sit, but I still view it as a tough matchup. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Washington is really the one that has gone from like, yeah, we, we thought this might be a tough matchup to like, don't you crazy to start this fringy pitcher against the Nationals. Like Kevin Gosman, who has the Nationals at home and at Kansas City. He's just been so bad. No. Yeah, he's, there hasn't been anything redeeming about his performance right now. It's not saying he, you can't have him on your roster, but you have to bench him until he does something to force his way back in your lineup. All right, so get please look at the starting pitchers, the two-star pitchers here, because I can't keep reading all the matchups. Blake Snell, Willie Peralta, Matt Andres, who I I have added Matt Andres. I'm not sure if I'm going to start him. It will depend on how the rest of my pitching staff is looking in two leagues. Kyle Freeland, uh, Adam Conley, Ricky Nolasco, A.J. Griffin, Nate Carnes, Luis Perdomo, Nick Martinez, Jared Weaver, Alex Meyer, Rookie Davis, Mike Pelfrey. <laughs> no chance. Um, <laughs> who who are we picking up this week for two-star pitchers? I mean, Andres was a good call by you, especially in a points league where he has the relief pitcher eligibility. He has four quality starts in his six starts, which doesn't sound impressive, but it is because quality starts... <laughs> Have not been frequent this year. I wanted to look up real quick how many pitchers have as many as four. Um, while I'm doing that, though, the only other pitcher on this list who uh, of the names you just rattled off, who I might even 
just think about is AJ Griffin and only because he's been okay. So good. And he's at San Diego and versus Oakland. I've backed down a lot from my Blake Snell love, but when he's a two start pitcher and AJ Griffin is a two start pitcher, I think you have to, you can't say you would, you would consider AJ Griffin and not even think about Blake Snell. I would. Because Snell, like, I don't trust him to give me a quality start. I don't trust him to pitch more than five I don't, innings. You, you trust A.J. Griffin to give you a quality start? Uh, at no. San Diego and home against Oakland, I think there will be at least one in there. I was stretching. Well, Snell gets the Royals. I was stretching my standards because I didn't want to just say nobody. <laughs> I wanted to give those desperate for a two-star pitcher somebody else they could look at. I could. I feel like Griffin has some sleeper appeal this week, but he throws high 80s and serves up a lot of fly balls. So he's is, very is that dangerous. start at Oakland? No, it's okay. home. That's the only place he pitches well. At San Diego and and home and home against the Athletics. All right, it's not it's not the most inspiring week for two star pitchers. So, good luck. Let's read some emails from Paul in Toronto. Dear Christina, Brittany, Mandy, and Jessica. Those are like '90s pop stars, right? Yeah. What are their last names? Aguilera, uh-huh. Spears. More, more and Simpson. Yeah, I didn't know if you'd get Mandy. But no. I did like that song Candy by Mandy Moore. I think it was because she's so hot in that video. I think of her more like she went into acting, right? Also, I'm kind of worried that she was like a teenager in that video, and I just said something very creepy unintentionally. So, <laughs> yeah, see, I just tried to go judge female artists by their music and not by their looks. I do too. I don't like any of their music. She. <laughs> oh no, that's 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 wrong. I'm not. All, no, these good four girls. I'm not saying female artists. I don't like you know, pop stars. I don't like 98 Degrees and the Backstreet Boys and In Sync either. It's nothing to do with gender. <laughs> Um, You're trying to bury Adam here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing a good enough job myself. So uh, the Paul with the pop star says, we have some chaos in my league right now. A veteran owner just traded a first-time owner, Reynolds and Gallo, for Altuve and Lamb. It's been causing some hostile discussions. I would think so, yeah. Veto? Uh... You don't veto. <sighs> yes, you veto. Reynolds and Gallo for Altuve and Lamb? You don't veto. That's vetoable in my opinion. Okay, you then kick him out of the league. No, that's a, that's such an extreme. Like, it, no, it, uh, that's that, that's my belief. It's a first time it, owner. It, it's a mistake. It, yeah, I mean, everybody knows it's a bad deal, but like, if this is an owner that you want to invest in and you think he's going to be a, like, you you have to let him take his lumps and learn his lessons. You know, I I understand it stinks for everybody else because this experienced owner's team got drastically better for very little but um yeah i mean you can't i also and it depends on what the league settings are set at but before the season if if there's a precedent in this league of commissioners yeah. vetoing trades then this yes, is vetoable. Vetoable. yeah but, but you don't like that's not a precedent i like to set because nope. it can get out of control and the whole league ends up Collapsing upon itself because nobody feels like they can make a trade anymore. Any any league that I'm commissioner of or a part of, my the setting I believe it should be for trades is as soon as the person says accept, the trade is official. There should be no review process. Uh, I I generally agree with that. I think in a case like this, you just threw this could potentially completely threw off the balance of the league, and that yeah, sucks. Somebody so, else should have been trying to pick on the no. That's I, that that is unrealistic. What? 
king of Asia I don't want trade to, is over here saying I don't never make, I would never make that trade offer. That is bad even by my standards. Reynolds yeah. and Gallo for Altuve and Lamb, I would never make that offer. It's ridiculous. Uh from Doug, the best combo name requires Drew Hutchison being called up. Turner and Hutch. That would be pretty good. And finally, we've got oh, let's see if we have uh time for two more here. This is from Jim. Uh, who should – oh, which outfielder should I drop? 15-team points league. Tomas, Yelich, Puig, Dickerson, Conforto, Soler. Well, Soler's, Soler. in, his, nah, that's well, his DL. Soler's in his DL spot. That's not going to help. Puig, Tomas, Yelich, Dickerson, Conforto. Since it's a points league, Tomas, he never walks. Uh, I'll go with Puig for sure. For I sure. I would have said Dickerson. I think there's – I think Dickerson's <laughs> – I think Dickerson's gonna be like a 270 hitter. He's hitting like 310 or something. He's, he's got such a high batting average against lefties that I know he's gonna start struggling with batting average. And also, he's batting leadoff and has 10 RBIs this year, I think. So he's not gonna give you that. They don't score a lot of runs. So Dickerson to me is a I mean, what, good sell what's high. What's the difference in fantasy points for you? It was Bonnie Tomas and Yaziel Puig this year. I assume Puig's outscored him. Let me check. Yeah, I don't know. Were you, were you thinking? I Puig, thought, Puig has 76 and Tomas has 75. <laughs> okay. So they've been the same. Yeah, but that's not the question. Puig yeah. with twice as many walks. They have an equal number of home runs. Puig obviously better base stealer. I go Puig. I, I'd rather have Puig. If they're tied, I'll take the guy that was better last year. And I go bye-bye because it is time for the weekend. Got a big dinner tonight. I'll tell you about it on Monday. Big, big lot at stake tonight at dinner. Get excited for the story on Monday. For Heath Cummings. Are you getting engaged? Oh, that already happened. We're getting married in a little over two months. Oh, so. I'd know that if I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Awkward. Bye. <laughs>